Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to the Red Path. Uh, today, myself and Jamie, we're going to talk about Lords of War. Uh, we're going to talk about how they might start to become influential in the upcoming counter meta or meta yeah. as we see it. Uh, also, a little bit on kind of you know the week's developments. We're going to chat a lot, a little bit about the orcs and stuff like that that are popping up. Um, and I guess like it'll all feed, feed quite nicely into the overall kind of you know everything we're going to talk about will sort of come together in a nice yeah. little blob that will make sense. I think it will. Yeah. 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 So yeah, Jamie, what what are we going to talk about first today? So well, there's two orders of business I want to touch on before we go in to the um to the Lord of War thing, and I think based on uh on on your intro, let's do the uh, the World Eaters results first, and then we can go into the Orcs. Because then that feeds us a bit easier into like meta stuff, right? Does that seem reasonable? I know that's the complete opposite of what we suggested ten minutes ago. But... <laughs> no, no, I think it makes sense, dude. Yeah. yeah, I think that's good. But yeah, um, so just uh, any, anyone listening or who's currently watching live, um, it's actually been a pretty hectic weekend competitively for World Eaters players. Obviously, we had the um, Lone Star Open in Texas going on, and uh, we had two. World Eaters players in a field of 165. We had two players. Obviously, Mark Whitaker, who did real good at the ACO. Um, I'm just trying to find his name again because he ended up 34th with four wins and two losses with pure World Eaters. And he actually he actually ended up two places ahead of Don Hooson. No way, dude. Yes, really? He, I did he, not know that. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. I, I, you know, Don Hooson was playing Death Guard. He maybe uh, got some really hard counters, quite frankly, which is going to happen. Um, and then David I mean, Mark, Mark is also a fantastic yeah. player. Oh yeah, though, you know, like the <laughs> we're talking about people who get their army. You know, yeah. and Mark gets Mark gets the oh. world leaders in a way that I I think he has a very unique take on them, yeah. uh, which I admire. I don't think if I brought his list, I could play it no. very well. You know, uh, and that's the thing. Um, that yeah. really sends a testament to him. I look at his list and I'm like, that doesn't seem like a good list to me. Yeah. But the way he plays it, I'm like, yo, that is like super admirable, you know. He the 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 thing about it is he understands exactly what we theorize, right? We're we're always talking about movement, deployment, you know, using everything. I think because um, he's played the game for for a long time, right? He's got just the years of experience he's seen the situations he knows what happens when you advance a T8 Rhino chass uh, you know Vindicator up the board and sit it there he knows what's going to happen yep and you know so with that kind of experience yeah 100% he's, he's a great player and um, you know the thing is you hear the names like Don Hooson and Jim Vessel and you know other big uh, chaos players right and because they're thrown about, they're, you know, they're great players, nothing against them, but because they're consistent, a lot of like the players who may be some of the best Chaos players, you don't hear about. Well, obviously, we know Mark now, um, and I, you know, he's obviously up there and as and as strong a player as these kind of names, right? Um, and I, th I think he, I don't think he's pissed off, but I think he's, you know, like, He's really buying into the challenge of taking pure world eaters. That's all right. Yeah, I I think there's a couple of of the folks who've really kind of uh, yeah. own own that challenge, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I mean, Mark is making big inroads into oh, it. You yeah, know? 
Yeah, yeah. I know I was talking to him before and he was like, I really want that Latara Saren bust. And yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's... Um, Fair enough. He, he's in a very strong position with it right now. Um, yeah, he, he came 34th uh, with 452 battle points. Then in 40th place, David Savage, who's a Team Texas player. I've not heard the name before. Um evidently a strong player as well he came uh, 40th with 437 points with 4 wins and two. he got two 100 point victories so there's someone who is oh, not wow. taking Octarius did not know that yeah, yeah. I am yeah, that's pretty impressive yeah I'm not sure what his secondaries and stuff were um, but evidently it was stuff he could max out and he bloody well did max it out as well two 100 scores a 97 and a 90 and his losses were 20 and 30 and do you know what his list was? Oh, you've gone silent, mate. I can't hear you. Sorry, can you hear me oh, now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I did not know. I actually, I was really curious because I didn't see what his list was. I know Mark's list, but I didn't see his one. David took three dread claws. <laughs> really? Three dread claws, yes. Right? And it's surprised. I predicted he would be, uh, it would be a good show for him to go three and three. Just based yeah, on looking yeah, at him, not knowing him, but looking at his list. Yeah, because it's like a coin flip kind of yeah. uh, play, I think, the Dread Claws. But yeah, he, he obviously knows how to work them really well. So yeah. that's uh, really impressive. Yeah, I can't remember the other, like, my, like the, the rest of the list. I, I mean, I believe it was an aggressive um, deploy the, you know, just focus on a bunch of eight and nine inch charges. Um, cool. So, I mean, I guess like the thing with that is like if you, it's like the way I know when I was discussing the dread claw and throwing it around and stuff. I said the thing about the dread claws, you just have to have enough of them to mitigate the percentage likelihood of failing your charges and stuff. So yeah. if you bring three and you have enough stuff in there, you know, statistically you're gonna make like three, four, or five of those charges. So yeah. depending on how much stuff you bring, right? So at that point like if you have say three units of berserkers in your opponent's lines in turn one you can you can you can look at that in a lot of ways but every single way is like that is a big problem for your opponent yeah, right yeah so absolutely. like yeah i i think like the only thing really holding me back from taking that play very seriously and doing it myself is the fact that i would have to buy two more dread clothes and i'm just like yo I'm, i ain't doing that you know yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> uh, but yeah um, yeah really really respectable showings from our boys you know yeah. really perhaps then uh, uh, some idiot in the chat just said the list is or potentially technically illegal. And yes, I understand. Um, depending on how the TOs have ruled, the uh, you know above fifty percent of reinforcement points and or units. Yeah, it's always a weird one. It's, it's it's just number of units, but we don't know what he took in the clause. Just yep. because he had, you know, six squads of five berserkers or whatever the hell he took, doesn't mean you put them all in the claws. As as I also think that's like one of those things that you, he probably messaged the TO beforehand yeah. and was like, hey, what's the story? Because like, I know if I was saying that, I would. And I would yeah. ask them, I would just say, how would you play this? And depending on what they say is like, okay, I either will or won't bring yeah. that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's, it's a big, you know, that's obviously something you would check. And, you know, at a huge event like this, I would imagine someone would have said, hey, uh, why is more than half your army off the table? This is right, the rule, yeah. and this is what I got from the TO, right? That's so uh, there was a couple other events. Um, Victor over in uh, Sweden, uh, Victor Schuberg, uh, he, he was in a tournament, an RTT, and he unfortunately went zero. He lost all three games against Tau, um, Blood Angels, and Gene Steeler Colts. Um, and like we was, I was talking to him on Facebook about it, and uh, 
it, like weirdly Tau are like we are the one army in the game who Tau are still strong against literally because <laughs> right, of Overwatch yeah <laughs> like everyone else can either doesn't care about Overwatch or you know isn't reliant on charges or they've got like extra ways to kind of skirt around it right not us there's no, a, not at yeah, all. <laughs> uh, other than warp talons, which you are not using from Deep Strike, unless you know you're playing a Tau player, you know, in a friendly or local yeah. match or something, you're not bringing warp talons for that intent. So, yeah, he, he had a rough, but, you know, the Swedish meta from everything I hear is pretty, it's pretty hardcore and cutthroat over there. It's crazy. It's yeah. like one of the weirdest medicines in the world. Okay. Um, but it's so good. They love their Gene Sealer cult. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. There's so many Gene Sealer cult players there. Really? Um, but like they kind of have a meta where they just do whatever they want. I respect it so much. You know, yeah. I, I love it. Uh, but like they are really good players, like, you know, when they are there. So yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Cool. cool to see it though. And uh, one more I just want to touch on quickly before we move on is a. Uh, Danbrook is playing in the, or probably finished now, the Bring the Ruckus RTT up in, a, in, in over in the UK. Um, I'm just seeing if the final scores dropped in. Uh, it looks like his third game was a loss. So he ended up coming 10th. He played Sisters of Battle three times in a row, won the first two, and he lost the, the third one. Um, Going to get unlucky eventually, right? <laughs> yeah. To a glass hammer yeah. player, Dan Bates, who went 3-0. and So, you know what? Good showing from Dan. Uh, took yep, World Eaters and, and kicked some uh, Sisters of Battle Ass two out of three times. For Love a, to see it. Yeah. Four years old versus a three-month-old Codex. Good showing, mate. Good stuff. But yeah, okay. Let's, uh, let's have a little chat about Orcs, right? Because I right. think I, just just before we dive in, I'm just going to let the dog. Yep, go for he, it. I think he needs to run, but yeah, you can lead us in, and yeah. uh, I'll be back in like two. So obviously, um, we we got the Orc Codex dropped today, or, or the pre-orders, or whatever it was this weekend, um, and it's in the grubby little hands of people who have the uh, early release. Um, and Orcs is looking interesting. Um, there was a lot of skepticism from what I heard in like the the last month or so from people saying it's just not going to change the meta it's just orcs obviously I'm not an orc player um, I was excited for orcs because I love orcs as an army and as a concept I know that's I know a lot of people are either that you love orcs or you just think orcs shouldn't be in 40k which is fine <laughs> you know that, that that's fine yeah um, yeah it's, I it's love whatever them. is your fancy you know? yeah i i actually uh i i don't think that they shouldn't be in 40k but they're probably my least favorite faction okay. i would say yeah yeah i mean it, like that's just you know i just i'm not really i've never been into orcs in any kind of fantasy trope right. or whatever you know that's all that is for me you know but um yeah, I mean, I still obviously, I as much as I don't like orcs, I love orc players. You yeah, know? it's they're like yes. the best people. I think that's why why I've got a soft spot for them because I right. just think, yeah, like yeah, it's they're just, just crazy dudes. It's you know? fun, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so what are your kind of hot takes on what you know about the orc codex, Dara? Like, I, I I've got the vaguest overview. Um, obviously we know about the T5 and stuff like that but what, yeah. what are your kind of initial thoughts from what you know yeah cool so like not being an orc player um, 
you know, I can only really say so much on the whole thing, I guess. But obviously, like, you know, the thing everyone saw you about and strikes everyone has been quite strong is the snake bite kind of thing, um, which is it is very good. You know, the transhuman on strength seven yeah. or less like yeah. that. That's really strong. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. Um, definitely early doors. We're going to see a lot of that. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to be hyped about it and understandably so. And I think that's going to kind of feed into what I'm saying later on about why I think that, uh, you know, your tough eight Lords of War might develop into a good counter meta because um, a lot of them have that strength eight weaponry. Yeah. You know, like the Kaitan as its Gatling cannon and stuff. It's strength eight, but it's high volume. So it's yeah. really good at taking out those boys. Stuff like that, I think is going to be really good. Um, but also, yeah, so like they're strong. The squig guys are strong. Uh, Mazrog, that guy on the great yeah. white squig, is, yeah. is very, very powerful. We're going to see him. We're going to need to know how to deal with him. Kind of like we need to understand he has an incredibly high damage ceiling um, and can do a lot of hurt to us. And yes. equally, the his like diet version, the yeah, unnamed the war, guy. Like, war on, boss on a squig or. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. orcs are good and orcs are going to kind of like play similarly to how they did before i think yeah um, but better yeah. yeah and in some ways worse because they're a lot more susceptible to morale now yeah which means we can really hurt them on the morale front yeah um, you know which is interesting i think but yeah i think my my hot take on orcs is like it's not going to be very different from what we're used to seeing i think um, but it'll just play stronger and we need to be smarter about how we play around it I think yeah you know like berserkers are going to have a hard time going into snake bite boys um, because like we're only going to win them on fours right that's yeah. going to be tough yeah yeah um, exalted champions and lightning claws are going to you know if we start seeing if we see an orc orcs creeping into the meta in the same way that you know like right now it's admic Drakari and then you've got you know your smattering of sisters and stuff like that if all right, yeah. start, if if you're going to a five game or a six game event and you you're fairly sure you'll play orcs maybe it's time to bring the uh, the exalted champion out if you're not already right for Just sure yeah i think it, uh, like wound reroll buffs are going to really really help and like the lightning claws like you said are going to be yeah. great too yeah i think stuff like that is going to be strong um getting as much as much hits in as possible is going to be really strong so look to firepower that does a lot of shots and that kind of yeah. stuff as well yeah I th- I, like i don't think it's going to be particularly hard to counterplay into orcs no, i just think you have yeah. to be a little bit smarter than we already were you know yeah. i think yeah, a lot a lot of their vehicles have like minus one damage now which is going to be a little bit tougher but again like a lot of our stuff specializes in single damage but high quality high quantity i just think that the berserkers will have a tougher time you know that's the thing and like obviously they're the meat and potatoes but like they still kill a lot of boys you know with the right with the right stratagems the right uh character or buffs that you have going on they're Mm -hmm. still gonna pick up a lot of boys you know sure we're not wounding them on threes or twos or whatever but if we're wounding them on fours re-rolling and they're not getting a save dude like we're we're picking them up you know that's the thing um what we have to worry about is the sort of uh not so much like the the boys kind of aspect of it but like a lot of those vehicles and stuff are going to hit us pretty hard it's, and it's bikes or the the trike yeah. bikes boom snacker daz wagons or whatever the hell they are mm-hmm. and the squig uh like because they're pretty pretty speedy as well and if, orc bikers are going to be really scary now i think I they think, can you get know, like there's... 22 inches of movement or something it's something absurd with their and a lot of bikes. shots yeah so that um i and weirdly enough i'm already prepped for that now um experimentally um so i'm not 
whilst I'm still scared of them, I'm I'm not racking my brains on how to deal with them at the moment. Um, just because I've seen a couple games with uh, high level orc players using the bikes, and I was like, shit. If if I get hit by that, I'm if they turn one me like that, my army's gone. Like, I, yeah, it's I got, a blend. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was like, what can I do? And I, you know, I've got I've got my plans now. So yeah, I, I mean, nice. I I agree with you. Like, unless there's something in there that you know, obviously, without looking at the rules proper myself, and you you know, you haven't properly dove dove into it. We don't know what what the hot armies are going to be for the orcs. Yeah, I I think the thing my biggest takeaway is that like. The things I thought would be really, really good at playing into the orcs aren't really going to be as good, you know? Yeah. So, like, I thought, like, a lot of auto cannons, a lot of heavy bolters, maybe even reaper chain cannons, I was like, oh, all those things are going to be really good. But, like, I think we have to assume that most people are going to run snake bites, right? Uh, yeah. So, obviously, those things, those kind of weapons and stuff won't really be as good. Um, and I just, like, I don't know, I was thinking about my Hellblades a lot and kind of, like, that they're not really going to have very good targets to shoot at in an orc list, you know? Uh, which is a little bit rough but that kind of started leading me into thinking about like things like the Kaitan and like you know leviathans with Graflux bombards that have blast yeah. like that's a hell of a good gun versus the orcs because you are just gonna pick them up you know yeah. um and especially like orc vehicles and stuff they're gonna really really suffer too against like the likes of leviathans uh, i think so, general dreadnought chassis they're gonna be good so the the you're saying the general orc, most orc vehicles have got minus one damage as far as I know, right, they do. Okay. Yeah, I like the kind of like not like bikers, but like you know, like the buggies, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. trucks and stuff like that. Now, I, Light I might vehicles be above, yeah, yeah, but like, I'm yeah. fairly sure they do. Yeah. Okay, and then, um, then the boys or general infantry have gone to T5, um, and snake bike gives them transhuman, um, up to strength seven, right? Yeah, strength seven or lower, yeah, yeah, yeah. so quad heavy bolter um is wounding them on fours either way yep just i, I understand the two damage yeah because it, it, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's into boys yeah exactly right um it's still volume it's still cheap volume uh the minus one the reaper chain cannons strength yep. five and they're, they're probably even better depending on what they ended up point points wise because you know that's a lot more volume Yep. and it's one damage which is if, if damage is being reduced on the vehicles just plink through it and don't, yep. don't yep, take pretty it. much so yeah I, th I think you know obviously we've got to wait and see and make sure you know see if they've got a stratagem that completely nullifies it and stuff like that but I think they have a stratagem that is like basically just like standard transhuman you know regardless okay. of the strength of the weapon yeah. I think I'm again I might be misremembering but like that's not a huge deal you know no. it's like okay I was already like kidding into that you know it doesn't really matter too much yeah but yeah i i don't know man i like the thing about the orcs at the end of the day is they want to get into combat combat is where we want to be as well so like yeah. it can only ever be so bad it's like the same as the blood angels matchup you know it's like until there is a combat army that is really really terrifying like 30 incubi i i'm kind of happy to play into combat you know yeah. it's it's where we want to be yeah. um yeah um, okay, I'm just going to run over the comments super quick before we uh, kind of jump in. Um, 
So, still pissed that Orgs get T5, but yeah, Trade Marines on one wound, feel that. Uh, imagine the bike and bug buggy list will still be popular, agree? Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. Especially because that's what everyone's currently got anyway, who's playing Orgs. Yep. It looks cool, too. Yeah. It looks hella cool. Uh, chain guns, yep, Freitas mentioned chain guns as well. Um, yep, I, I agree. Um, the Yeah, the Reaper chain guns, or yeah, Reaper chain guns. Um, I just think they're like they're still kind of expensive for me, you know. Um, yeah, I, I that's agree. That's my only issue. But it's one of them things, ain't it? It's like we'll, we'll have to see because the problem is to get the efficient heavy bolters or the Reaper chain cannons. You're looking at the heavy support slot, of which there's three. So it does come. It down depends to, on what else you're kind of putting into that yeah. slot normally, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not using any heavies at the moment. No, me, so. <laughs> me either. But yeah. I guess if you're like running demon engines, so you probably have venom crawlers or something yeah. in there. So, so yeah, you yeah. got to think about that kind of stuff. Uh, venom crawlers actually pretty good because uh, their guns are strength eight. Okay. I guess it's like the low amount of shots though, like two D three is like okay, but uh, yeah. yeah, interesting that their strength eight goes straight through their armor as well. Something yeah. to think about. Um, Forge Fiend is strength 8. Uh, uh, <laughs> I hate the Forge. Get out of the way. Uh, no, but like legit though, right? That, that's a good point. Um, like a consistent number of shots. Because uh, it's like, uh, how many shots did you say it was Eight again? shots, I believe. Eight? Yep. Yeah, eight I mean like, strength eight, you stop Demon Forge on, on that guy, you know, you're probably picking up like five-ish, five or six boys. Yeah, you should get oh. six hits and then uh, wound, well, wounded on three. Yeah, strength eight, so winning on threes, yeah, yeah. re-rolling. So, yeah, roughly like five wounds yeah. and they go straight through their armor, so yeah. yeah. Well, it's not, not terrible. Bad, you know? but yeah, one C... Yeah, I mean, it's something, something to look at. Land Raider yeah. Achilles, my man. If you could buy one, I'd be like, great, but you can't. It's discontinued, so... You just use a Land Raider and you uh, stick the Volkite on the side, mate. That's what My problem is, I thought, I thought the Land Raider Achilles model was cool, and I wanted it. Oh, okay, <laughs> and now I can't have one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And, like, um, the options are there, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You just have to question, if you're buying into those options, are you, like, really narrowing into a single type of opponents or are you still bring a attack list you know you gotta yeah. you gotta consider those things too you know yeah yeah uh, yeah absolutely okay so let's i'm let's... just gonna shut the doors of the doctors before yeah, yeah, we go, go, go ahead before we, we move on to the, the next trials of uh trials of uh house it and i guess uh, i'll take this opportunity to uh remind everyone um we are still running the bellacore competition i did speak to neil the the commission painter and um he said hopefully by the end of the month he'll be ready and we kind of talked about it and um because it it's gonna look so badass we're hoping to get you know obviously push the donations up because it's all for charity in like the the last week once it's fully painted and he's gonna have like a dramatic video of it spinning around on a jewelry thing so anyone who uh might be interested in donating five dollars to save the children there's a link below right now actually if you're watching live and it'll be there if you're watching or listening later uh but yeah five dollars and you can get into win a commission painted bellicor which will be delivered to you free of charge at no cost to yourself um unless there's like outrageous import taxes but we'll discuss that and you know i'm, I'm not going to let you pay money for stuff but um and yeah it's just five dollars to charity and you get entered we don't take anything from that you don't have to be a subscriber or any of that stuff 
We just want to raise money for charity. Okay, so Dara, you're back. Hopefully, the yes, dog sir. is happy. And, um, <laughs> I think he's, he's doing okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's dive into Lord of Wars now. Um, should we start off? Because obviously, we've been. This is something we've been discussing ourselves for for a while now, wanting to try and find the time to make a video on it. And our, our original plan was to kind of do a real deep dive into some list concepts, right? But I think we're going to streamline a little bit. Um, maybe talk, just highlight one or two units each, and then and then from that segue into the met, the meta and the upcoming meta. Right? Does that seem reasonable? Yeah, I think like there there actually is just too much to talk about if yeah. you're to deep dive into everything. Like, there's almost viability to every selection, which is why it's so difficult to be like, okay, cool, this is what you would do. Like, it's very much like a do you like that unit, you know? Yeah. So use that unit. Um, but yeah, let's let's do it that way. I think. Uh, yeah, why, don't, why don't you kick us off? Why don't you pick one of your absolute bestest, most loveliest, favorite cool. Lord of War and tell us about it? So yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go with the Kaitan because uh, I have it. I've played him a lot, and he probably is my favorite. I don't know. I really like the Brass Scorpion too, but I don't own one, and I don't play one. So, uh, but yeah, let me let me get you the Kaitan Ravager. Yeah. You got like fairly. Not like a significant upgrade in ninth edition, but enough of an upgrade that it's not terrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's 440 points. Um, he moves 12, hits on threes, which is really significant. Yeah. And I'm going to touch on that later. Strength and toughness eight. Toughness eight, really, really good in the meta right now. Like genuinely, like people are starting to realize that toughness eight is pretty hard counter to Admech and to Drakari. You know, so again, this is kind of like the counter meta stuff we're talking about. He's 26 wounds now. I think he used to be 22 or 20. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure. He, he got a bunch more wounds anyway. He has five attacks, uh, six on the charge for now. Uh, he's leadership nine, and he has a three up safe and a five up invul. So, you know, pretty kind of normal stuff. He used to advance 2d6. He doesn't do that anymore, yeah. uh, which is sad. Um, so, yeah, his great cleaver is uh, strength 16, you know, AP4, 6, or strength 8, 2, 2, and uh, gets three attacks. So, you know, he could be hitting you with 18 slash attacks, which is really, really good. At minus about 2, these 2 damage, right? So minus two two, right? Uh, that's going to pick up a whole lot of orc boys when you put Demon Forge on it because it's strength eight, so it gets over the snake bite thing. Yep. Uh, Rerolling everything, you know, picking up boys left, right, and center. They have no way of saving against it unless there's uh, beast naga boys, which I think have an invul. Yeah, or maybe a field no pain. In, I think uh, they get a six yeah. invul there. Yeah. So that's really good. And then he has the great uh, the Gatling Cannon, which is strength eight, AP two, damage two, and uh, eight shots. So again, you know, it really, really, it's like his melee profile for the sweep is the same as his shooting profile. Obviously, this unit can still be Demon Forge, which is stupid. <laughs> it is so broken. Love it. Absolutely <laughs> it's love so, it. It's so, so broken. Um, and yeah, you know, he has like all the normal like Titanic stuff. He is a demon engine. So he's pretty good for 440 points, you know? Um, and this sleeper thing about the Kaitan that not enough people talk about when it comes to our Lord of War selections is the Kaitan is the same size base as a knight. Why this is really important is because in ninth edition, we're seeing a lot of boards with way more terrain and way denser terrain. If you bring a Brass Scorpion or a Corn Lord of Skulls to a tournament, there's not always a guarantee that you're yeah. going to be able to move through. But most tournaments are starting to adapt the philosophy that you have to at least be able to move a knight around the table. Yeah. So if you can move a knight around, you can move a Kaitan around. It's not always going to be the most efficient movement, but it's probably going to be more efficient movement than a Scorpion or Lord of Skulls. And you definitely want him moving around. Um, 
thing about the Kaitan, and it's like sort of a misconception at the minute, and it kind of goes for like the other Lord of Wars that are demon engines. A lot of people are kind of like, oh, if I bring like a Kaitan, I have to bring a Lord of Discordant to buff him. And like, mm-hmm. you definitely did an eighth, like for sure you did, because like you could bring like the Soul Forge pack for extra movement yeah, and advance and charge. Yeah, that was, that, that was really thing, good. Yeah. But right now, that Lord Discordant for uh, roughly 200 points is getting you plus one to hit on your Kaitan. That is all he's getting you. Mm-hmm. Unless the Lord Discordant kills an enemy vehicle in melee and is near enough to the Kaitan to heal him. Like, that is not, that's not a good return of investment for your points. Yeah. What would be a much better return is for those points, just take a Dark Apostle, take a Warp Smith. You know, you got a way to heal him, got a way to give him minus one to hit. Yeah. That is way, way better, you know, already. They're going to have a harder time keeping up with him for sure. But putting minus one to hit on a Kaitan in the first turn is no joke, let me mm-hmm. tell you that. Yeah. And it's it's adding to that um, that difficulty for those single damage or single shot high damage weapons like your dark lances and your yeah. admic uh, last cannon chickens. <laughs> if you yeah. are going from like sixty six percent of them hitting to fifty percent, that is uh, not insignificant. Yeah. The thing is, and like this is going to go for all the demon engines that are Lords of War, Iron Warriors, the best way to run them. It's really unfortunate. Like that's just how it yeah, is. They're it way is. more survivable. Yeah. Yeah. But like we're just talk- we're not talking about Iron Warriors right now, you know. Um, so yeah, that, that's the Kaitan for me. I think he's really good. I really really like him. Um, you do have to build around him for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, he's really really good, and I think he's just gonna. It's like a combination of the Gatling Cannon and his his melee. It's just it plays into the orcs really well. Um, plays so, yeah. into a lot of things at the moment. I it mean, does. Other it does. It plays into a lot. Things that reduce like Death Guard and stuff. It kind of yeah. But yeah, yeah. It it sucks against Death Guard, but, but then everything um, sucks against Death Guard. Right? I mean, yeah. We it's... don't we don't really have a much better alternative yeah. there. So yeah, that's that's my take on the Kaitan. So yeah, what do you have for us next? So I uh, just want to quickly address, uh, Dan asked if we're going to talk about the Spartan, and we may possibly touch on it very soon. Uh, just that's, because... uh, that's your little love yeah. child, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I, I, well, I'll see if we how long we talk, but yeah, I do have a little thing to say on the Spartan. But I want to talk to you about the love of my life, the Charybdis Assault Claw. Um, as far as Lord of Wars go for World Eaters, you know... You would say the Corn Lord of Skulls. You would say the Kaitan Ravager. You would say the Greater Brass Scorpion. These are all obviously Cornate-themed Lords of War. I challenge you that a goddamn tank dropping from the sky, shitting out berserkers from its guts, and then eating everything it can find is ten times, eight times, 888 times more fucking corn than any of those things combined. Because goddamn it is fucking amazing i i I love the charybdis um and you know what um i'll go over its stats i wrote a list which i think would 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 fuck some shit up quite frankly um three charybdises with khan and then shit to score points and let me tell you why and unfortunately it's illegal i can't take it um but the concept is beautiful because the Charybdis is obviously a uh, you know Lord of War, so you, you you have to pay the CP and all that stuff. It's got 15 inch move, four up uh, uh, weapon skill and ballistic skill that degrade to five and six, strength eight, toughness eight, 20 wounds, four attacks base, eight leadership, and a three up save. So it's, it's not the greatest profile. Uh, I mean, T8 and 20 wounds is nice. 
the the thing about it is it obviously has to start on in deep strike you don't get a choice anymore like we did in eighth and it can deep strike turn one and the reason that's important is because one Charybdis is equipped with five Charybdis storm launchers and a Charybdis storm launcher is like a uh, cyclone missile launcher but better because the Charybdis storm launchers two profiles are both 36 inches the frag missile is heavy 2d6 blast strength 4 1 damage minus 1 gets the AP on there and then the crack profile is heavy 2 36 inch strength 8 minus 3 d6 right one Charybdis can have 10d6 bolter shots with blast and minus one and they you send them off in waves of 2d6 so you can fire at five blobs if you're facing admic for instance and they're running three four five blobs of 20 fucking skitarii i'll throw 2d6 blast you know bolters with ap into you i'm, I'm okay yep. with that and i mean it, like they have really good like defensives but like if you're putting 60 <laughs> bolter equivalent shots into them some are gonna fall, the, fall yeah, down that, that, that that's gonna chew through and and you see this works better in my list concept which i can't run because you have rules basically um and it also has a uh in combat obviously four attacks with hateful assault it gets five as um you know if that technically is allowed and it'd probably be got, gone away but you know four attacks uh, um blade shots it's going to be strength 16 minus four three damage it then gets an additional melee attack of a melter gun it has a melter in melee so it's always d6 plus two damage which is pretty tasty and that is less like a chainsaw attack you have to take one of them after the rest strength eight minus four d6 plus two damage not bad it also has 20 uh capacity for transport uh 15 move i said um and it does the uh, mortal wounds when it flies over stuff so if it survives it's got 15 inch move it's moving over something and it's doing some mortal wounds so for world eaters we know transport's important and to me this is immense um it is slightly over or reasonably over costed it's 400 points and the problem why i i can't make it work is because to run three of them with calm to have all those shots re-rolling that three charybdis at uh 1200 points is uh what would i say 100 it could be against the right opponent 180 bolter shots with full re-rolls with minus one i i haven't done the math on on you know skitaria or whatever but i think you are crippling your opponent who is probably not well equipped to take out three 20 wound t8 models which have probably got a three up five up from a dark apostle yep <laughs> or if they are equipped they don't know what to do because yeah. they've never seen three crabbers on the table before yeah. and and the thing is you know your dark my dark apostle would have a violent urgency i will happily charge three t8 models into overwatch like yep i'll give it a shot they could they can try i'll leave something there and if i get those in because i just fly out and it's t it's got the titanic stuff um oh no it doesn't actually but i don't care 
but yeah um, I just think I, I just think it's beautiful I think it's beautiful and I wish if it was 315 maybe 330 points I would yeah I'd, I'd be all over that I just think at 400 is a little bit much I think it can it can do well in a skew environment but yeah um, it's it's definitely a skew yeah. style list anyway. it, re- yeah, um, it requires calm because it's a four up ballistic skill so of to, course, get, yeah. to get the 75 percent hits you need calm there because the volume of fire and the versatility of it if you're if you're you're facing a you know a vehicle heavy list the size of that model it's seeing almost anything unless the terrain is really tall and obviously you're placing it where you want because it's deploying uh, short of being screened out so again the list runs a squad of 30 cultists which apoplectic frenzy up the table to make sure you have somewhere to deploy mm-hmm. so you know th- there's ways to get around the obvious problems with it other than the fact that you apparently cannot have more than a thousand points in deep strike even with the special rules so that breaks the list but yeah okay so that's my uh, gushing over the Charybdis um, not quite it, you would see if you wanted my honest advice on a competitive um, Lord of War it's going to be Lord of Skulls then the Kaitan and then then it depends on your list but those those two I think at the moment are probably the most competitive because of Demon Forge and yeah. that just works so well but yeah okay. I'm inclined to agree yeah. well, I, think, right, I t- think we should probably we should probably do the Lord of Skulls I think uh it's like the one that most people want to hear about you know um it is the best one for sure um like unequivocally the best yeah Uh, well it's got an extra gun basically it's it's almost the same as the kaitan except it gets an extra gun right has more strength as well like it's not going and it gets better kind of in combat doesn't it it's like a weird parts get better parts get worse yeah Yeah. uh like it gets more attacks but less uh less strength so and moves worse um it's a weird it's one of those classic like corn degradation ones so yeah um it's probably not going to be strength 10 when the codex comes out because the kaitan was strength 10 and went down to eight also it doesn't matter strength 10 does not matter because once something hits strength eight that's enough you know uh like (laughs) it's like going past that it's like okay uh, what it's do you need to move that's strength returns. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Death it's like, gods, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's like it's not as big of a deal, right? But yeah. that's not really the point. So he comes in at a varying amount of points, anywhere between sort of like 460, 480. That kind of, I think he can go yeah. up as far as 500, depending on what you give him. Okay. His guns, his guns are very good. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are like heavy D6 kind of type shots and stuff. You know, some of them auto hit. Um, some of them have weird rules where it's like when you're shooting into a certain number of models, you get extra shots, that kind of a thing. His great cleaver of corn is fairly similar to the Kaitan. It's strength times two, AP four, damage six. So okay. same smash profile, I'm pretty sure. However, uh, the thing about his sweep is it's strength user, so it's going to be 10 AP2 D3 damage. I don't really like the D3 damage. It should just be two. Um, and again, yeah. he, gets, he, he gets three. So Better he does... Death God, then. Yeah, he has so many attacks, though, because he... So he's, he gets a full charge, right? So he's going to have uh, 27 attacks with the slash. I think that mitigates the D3 damage at that point. But you know what? D3 started off terrible in ninth edition, mm. and it's slowly getting better with uh, as more minus one stuff comes in. I'm yeah. not, so I, I would prefer D2 uh, d- damage two across the board, 
but D3 is slowly becoming a little bit better. It's more appealing for yeah. sure, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he does have the Hades Gatling Cannon, which kind of bugs me because it's the same as the Chitin's Gatling Cannon, but it just has more shots. Uh, and it's the same modeled part as well, which I'm kind of like, okay, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty weird. weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, so overall, he's as survivable, obviously, for all the same reasons. Mm -hmm. The thing about the Corn Lord of Skulls, and I think it was, uh, I first saw Mike saying it, uh, Mike P. So he was just saying, like, you can park that thing in the back of your own deployment zone and just use it as a deep strike screener, and he's just going to shoot across the board for the yeah. whole game and do so much damage. Because frankly, like, one CP for Demon Forge with the amount of shooting that he puts out is outrageously efficient. Yeah. And if, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really, really good. I think he's a very, very good unit. And even if you have a board where you can't necessarily move exactly where you want to, he's fine just hanging out in the back and yeah. shooting stuff, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I think that, that alone is a huge advantage over the Kaitan and is yeah. what at the moment makes him the competitive choice. Yeah. Because of terrain. It, like, his stuff is just better. Like, his weapons are better. He's, yeah. he's more expensive, but like. If you're buying a Kaitan, at that point, you might as well buy a Lord of Skulls if yeah. you're willing to invest the points for a better return. I mean, I just, yeah. I like him. I, I just hate the model. That's the problem. That's why I don't run one. But uh, yeah, and I, I do think he does suffer from, if he does want to move around, he's going to have a tough time. Like yeah. his turning arc is pretty savage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to drift him around a building is not going to be easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he has a lot of good stuff going for him. As far as I know, Mark runs one, right? In his list. He didn't, he, he did at the ACO. But he didn't yeah. at um, the uh, Lone Star. He took a Terminator Blob instead. Right, right. So yeah. he, he changed it up. I don't, I'm not sure why. Um, I'm sure we'll find out once he gets back. But yeah. The, but yeah. The, the Lord of Skulls has been doing work um, competitively for World Eaters. There's yeah, and I, I think, it. like, you know, they, like people talk about running three and, like, I don't know about that one. Not uh, for World Eaters, I don't Again, it, it's like, it's that skew list kind of thing. Three yeah. Lord of Skulls is going to smash some opponents, but it's going to get smashed by others. Um, and it's always going to be a points game with Three Lord of Skulls, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, it's a really, really efficient unit. Just like bringing one is probably a good idea. It doesn't really need support because it hits on threes and you can yeah. demon forge it yeah. at which point you don't really need any offensive buffs like people are like oh do you need a dark apostle no you definitely no. don't need a dark apostle because like it's gonna just like it's gonna hit everything you know or not a dark apostle sorry a lord discordant is what i meant to say oh yeah no the, you, the apostle yeah. is like somewhat useful for the minus one but you have to question how much points are you going to save by yeah. like is it is it worth it you know that's always the question you have to ask um the, but yeah, you I don't know. know like, what... Every heavy weapon should go into the Lord of Skulls. Yeah. Should. Unless you're also running a bunch of other T eight stuff. Right, yeah, fact. And so I guess um we haven't really said it, but a couple of aside from the meta sort of developing into something where these units play well into them, the obviously the changes to the most recent FAQ where they got rid of Titan Hunters, uh, yeah. like that's so significant because like, yeah, sure, if you want to sink all your firepower into my Corn Lord of Skulls or my Kaitan, you totally can. I am so fine with you doing that because you are not going to get any points from it, yeah. you know? Because if I'm just bringing one, it's like, okay, cool, you can get like five points from me. Uh, and if you want to waste a turn doing that while the rest of my stuff moves up the board, go for it man you know that's like yeah. that is entirely all yours i don't mind you doing that at all yeah um and that's why it's good obviously then it's also only costing you one cp instead of three so significant on a, on one of these demon engine units that's two extra demon forges that you yeah. didn't have before that's huge yeah. that's so so huge you yeah. know I, yep i agree yeah 
uh, so yeah, I mean, do you have any extra thoughts on Lord of Skills? I just that's like why I think he's very good, you know. Yeah. Um, other than what we talked about pre-show with the model, which I don't want to dive into again. Um, no, it, it, it's an efficient unit. It's probably one of the better units that World Eaters can take, simply because. And I've talked about this before. I think I talked about it with you, and and it was kind of how I was trying to sell the Forge Fiend to you. I think having one shooty demon engine is is currently a great choice for us because it allows us to have a shooty, fairly tough unit sitting on an objective by itself without the need for any babysitting characters because Demon Forge... Between Demon Forge and Veterans of the Long War, I don't know which one is the most ridiculously beautiful stratagem because I'm going to cry when they disappear because they, yep. they are... You know they are really good strats. Like I think Deckard kept veterans, though, right? Uh, but it's, it's just called it's like else much now. more restricted. It's like only on uh, like it's think, infantry instead of in, is veterans infantry and bikers. I can never remember. Yeah, vets is is infantry and bikers um, yeah. only. So the Deckard one is like just infantry and it's yeah. two CP. And yeah, it's yeah I think yeah. it's two CP. So it's, yeah. it's like a bit of a nerf. But, yeah, um, I mean, I'm still definitely going to use it if that's what it is for us. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's still you good, know. but it's like now you can only use it half as much generally, you know. Right, yeah. Whereas before you'd get minus one AP and plus one to wound. Now you're like, well, shit, you know, what? what's my choice? What's, the, what's the efficiency? Yeah. Right? yeah, so, and I guess, I don't know if you want to like uh, deep dive into too many more units, but like I was going to say a lot of what we said for the Lord of Skulls is kind of similar for the Brass Scorpion because yeah. like, they have a not dissimilar amount of firepower output. Uh, the Brass Scorpion is outrageous in combat. I would yeah. say it's like it's like stupidly good. It has so many attacks. It's definitely mm-hmm. the biggest combat output that we have. Um, also has the Runes of the Blood God to just like have yeah. automatic four plus denies. I like that. Yeah, so good. I know it's like only when the Brass Scorpion is targeted, but like we have two big Psycho Codexes coming out pretty soon something to watch out for there you something know? that's probably going to be moving up at the front of your list ab- uh, absorbing smites mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? now it's it's quite weird how that ruling is worded and I've seen arguments both ways and I'm not entirely sure which side I fall on because like the ruling of the wording is like basically it has like a, it can deny psychic power in a 4 plus yeah. and slash or ignore mortal wounds caused by psychics on 4 plus it's really weirdly worded. Oh. Let me let me get the exact wording yeah, up here it, because yeah. I'm just gonna... um, it's very ambiguous and no one really knows how to play it. So the way it says it is each time this model is selected as the target of a psychic power or would suffer mortal wounds as the result of a psychic power, roll 1d6 on a 4+, plus, it is unaffected by that psychic power. Is there a comma before the or? There is a comma before the so or. So read it out to me again. So each time this model is selected as the target of a psychic power, comma, or would suffer mortal wounds as a result of a psychic power, comma, roll 1d6. On a 4+, plus, this model is unaffected by the psychic power. Yeah, so it's either or. So right. it can do both. Like, so, so what's the argument against it? So uh, my question is, like, I find it really weird that... Yeah, it's uh, badly written, but... You could, you could smite me, and I could fail to deny it, and uh, then you could roll your damage, and I still get four plus shrugs? Yes. That seems if really wrong If there's a comma me. there, yes. It just seems wrong. That uh, you, yeah. I feel like you shouldn't be able to do no, that. No, I agree know? that you shouldn't, and, and honestly, if... 
I would check with a TO if I was going to run it yeah. because it, obviously I need to see it written. In fact, I will uh, look at my codex now. It's um, also just strange that the end of it, it says like on a four plus, this model is unaffected by that psychic power. It doesn't say anything about ignoring the wounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, I wonder, is that from like the psychic fallout of a psychic exploding near you or something? I don't know, dude. It's really strange anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's also not even an enemy psychic power. So in the old days when you could target the... Oh, I guess you still can though. Because if you run them as word bearers or iron warriors yeah. or something, right? So the problem with running a brass scorpion as iron warriors is if your master of possession wants to boost his invuln yeah. save, there, it's just 50-50 chance it won't work. <laughs> uh, so apart from that, he also has the extra D6 uh, for charging and he can ignore any and all charge modifiers which is really good <laughs> right okay so this what it means you know how like um a thousand suns and several other people get like uh area of area of effect or like they can draw a straight line from targets yeah, yeah, yeah. and deal mortal wounds so the brass scorpion um if if i smite your brass scorpion you can you can uh roll a d6 and regardless of whether you succeed or fail, on a four plus, it doesn't affect me, right? Right. Or your, it doesn't affect your brass scorpion. Or if you don't select me as a target, but do something um, that would, that would cause, yeah, that yeah. could involve I uh, my psyche blows up and deals perils of the warp exploding head damage to you, that is the That's... result of a psychic power. That's what I thought it was, yeah. And but also like the the A, a to B straight line of mortal yeah, wounds, yeah, yeah, or like the Green Knights have one, the Vortex of Doom, Vortex of Doom, or like yeah. the the roll seven dice that Death Guard used to have, yeah, like, yeah, all those like weird ones. Basically, if you suffer a mortal wound because of anything psychic, um, it, I the basically what it should say if this model is t suffers a wound during the psychic phase on a four up, it ignores that wound. Is what mm -hmm. it should say. Yeah, um, because but I, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. that is how I interpret it. But yeah. Yep. He also gets a three d six charge, picking the two highest, which is hot, and ignores yeah. all charge modifiers, which is also hot, and has Very two hot. disgustingly good flamer guns that are like strength eight or something. Yeah, uh, yeah strength eight, AP two, damage one. Again, really good for flaming orcs, <laughs> you know, because he has two of those. Um, like. As a scorpion cannon, also pretty good against orcs because like it's winning them on fours anyway, and yep. then it's just killing them straight away. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the more I'm looking at him, the scorpion is actually really, really well equipped to uh, just kill orcs. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> you is. know, uh, five hundred twenty-five, but it's a bit pricey, bit pricey, and. If there's ever a model that's going to get stuck somewhere, it's the scorpion because damn, his his silhouette is big. Unless you model yeah. him really specifically, he's just a really big model, um, which is unfortunate. But okay, so the Scorpion Cannon is thirty-six inches. The Demolisher's twenty-four. That Scorpion Cannon is picking up a squad, you know, anywhere in the middle table, assuming line of sight. The Demolisher and then the Helmore, uh, the Helmore Flame Cannon. The closer they get, like if you're stuck in, <laughs> I. Yeah, that's the thing. the The terrain is what screws this because if yeah, it can wish... move, then then you're golden. This loves it all day, every day. But if you can't, it's not doing enough. Whereas the Lord of Skulls can do enough sitting in your backfield. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. Um, and that's my problem with the Scorpion. As much as I really wish he was good, it's just terrain encumbers him so much. And like, until we get distinct rules of like super heavies can move over or around barricades or like, you know, I suppose like dense terrain and stuff like that. And like, yeah, you know, I kind of like this guy who's massive. Why can't he crawl over this building? He's a scorpion, you know? Yeah. Why? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, that's the biggest issue. Um, if it wasn't for that issue, I would bring a scorpion for sure because it's just so cool you know it's so so damn cool and it just does a lot of damage and like I, with the way morale works for the orcs now because they can't just as easily get around it you will cripple squads and then in the morale phase they will lose so much more yeah. um so yeah i think they're the main lords of war to touch on you know yeah. um they're, they're it's really interesting like there's a load that we could talk about like all the tanks they're all really yeah. interesting they're, like we actually just weirdly have so many Lord of War options. Yeah. We're really unique in that aspect, you know. Um, I will very quickly because uh, someone asked about the Spartan. The Spartan is great if you if you're playing narratively friendly games. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Competitively, no, not at all. Um, at the moment, um, I tried my damnedest to make it work, giving it every possible buff. It just doesn't do enough, even with the uh, laser destroyers doesn't do enough um unfortunately i wish it did um but yeah i i, I don't want to go spend 20 minutes talking about something that isn't really worth it i think the the ones we've talked about can find a place certainly the uh, lord of skulls and kaitan scorpion yep. and I'll, I'll say why in a moment and the charybdis friendlier games and it's a badass model yeah, yeah. I, I i'm with you there i think that's a very good way of summarizing it we got like two that can like actually genuinely see competitive play yeah. uh and, like look realistically if you're watching this and you don't care that much about going modern world they just bring them as iron warriors because they're so good as iron warriors i don't know if uh if you saw this but on reddit like a couple of weeks ago someone brought a brass scorpion to a gt or a major okay. and they did a full write-up of how it did and like they were running it as iron warriors with the buffs you know they had the yeah. master of, of uh possession i think they actually ran a world leaders detachment with it with berserkers okay um and yeah it was good you know because like once you tool it up with the buffs as iron warriors it will stick around you know you can get, yeah. you can get it to have four up in bone, uh feel no pains and um auto healing three wounds a turn on top of a warpsmith healing it you know it's it's really really survivable at that level yeah. um and that's what it needs unfortunately to be truly competitive which world leaders cannot so like i i went through uh well sorry it wasn't me but um games fan in the other discord he went through all the legions yesterday okay. <laughs> in relation to the lords of war and, and we kind of like talked through you know what is the good ones for and like alpha legion's pretty good and Iron warriors is excellent that's kind of it you know like we can't bring as world leaders we can't bring anything to the table yeah. for a lord of war outside of the capacity for it to generate a four plus deny with scorn and sorcery and um i think you can use the six inch consolidate strat on yeah i believe that's world eaters model yeah. There, yeah, there's yeah. like one or two which is literally just world eaters model and that's not bad if you're bringing a scorpion because movement is always going to be a problem yeah. so if oh, it's the scorpion combat, is a that. 3d6 charge it's yeah, not, yeah. not pick pick the highest. Is it not pick the highest? No, nope. it says each time a charge roll is made, roll one additional dice, and you can. Oh ignore. my god! <laughs> so it is, I mean, it's obviously twelve inch limit regardless, but you got a three, yeah, yeah. You get three d six. Yep. 
Yeah. So using that six inch consolidate is good for the Lord of Skulls and for the Scorpion because uh, the movement inhibition we talked about that gets around it uh, slightly, obviously. Yeah. But you know, like an extra six inches on your Lord of War unit, you're not going to say no to that ever. You know? yeah. So, yeah. I mean, look, there's there's definitely play there. There's more play now than there ever was in Ninth Edition. Combination of FAQs, combination of the way the meta is shifting. Yeah, I don't know. They're in a really, really curious spot right now. I think. Yeah, um, and 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 that kind of leads us in because. So I was just checking the stratagems, and just for point of note, uh, both Wild Fury and Killmain Burmson minus one AP and six inch consolidate. Dude, are I didn't know units. Wild Fury works. Yep. That's so good. Any world, <laughs> you can put Wild Fury on a Rhino. Okay, that means like that makes it so much better okay because that means like those units will also play really well into admac because they ignore ap1 and 2 they ain't ignoring ap3 on those swings now yep Yep. my brain is turning too fast (laughs) well here we go right so meta lord of wars in the meta um obviously right now we're in an admac we're, we're looking at Admech with an eye for Drakari and an eye for Death Guard, Dark Angels, and trying to figure out what the hell the eye for Orcs is, right? And we've always got to worry about Space Marines, um, and you know, you're always there's always going to be a few Tyranids and Eldar players there. Tap, I think Necrons are a really hard matchup for us as well. Just as a side note, as yeah, yeah, I'll agree yeah. with that. They are they again Necrons and Tau are like two armies that no, not many people are struggling against competitively. Um, they still do work. I'm not saying they're, they're trashed here. They still do work, but you need to be a high-level player to make them work, quite frankly. Um, but we kind of suffer generally against them. Um, but what do you think... Um, how do you think the meta is going to shift? First of all, well, all right, just tell me your thoughts on the upcoming meta with a, a look okay. at Lord of Wars becoming more of a thing. Okay, so obviously the upcoming meta we know is is fairly heavily dominated by the Admech right now. Like, and I say fairly heavy, I mean saturated. Yeah. Uh, and where it's not dominated by them, we've got you know uh, we got like some sprinklings of Dark Elder. Well, not sprinklings; they're still strong. And yeah, then we have yeah. we have like Dark Angels and stuff in deck coming. We know that. Like everyone's talking about it. We don't need to talk about it. Um, it's probably going to stay that way until the Admech get an FAQ, which is probably coming out, I think, the second week of August when it's due to drop or something like that, or first week. So it's coming soon, and it's going to probably be as heavy as the Tricari one was. So, you know, I'm not too worried about the Admech dominating for too much longer. Um, the question is, the Orcs are going to rise up. You know, the Green Tide is coming. It's going to come in a lot of different shapes and sizes because, like... I think it was, it might have been on the long war that they were saying this, right? Not a lot of people have Admech armies, right? You know, yeah. they're really, really expensive army to get, and, and definitely not a lot of, yeah, not a lot of Admech players have 60 Skatari. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't. Um, but a lot of people have orcs. And a lot of people have a lot of different kinds of works. Yeah. So, you know, remember when, like, the Space Marines dropped and it was really hard to predict the Space Marine meta because everyone had some of everything, so the, yeah. it was really changeable. I think we're going to see a similar thing with the orcs. I think uh, a lot of people are going to look at the new codex and say, okay, cool, I understand that that thing is good, but I have these models and they're also pretty good and I'm going to see how I can make that work. 
I think we're going to see a lot of weird orc lists, yeah. uh, but predominantly, it's like we were saying um, earlier on. You know, going to see a lot of the Squeak Hog Riders and the Beast Naga Boys at the start because it, it's the new shiny thing. Everyone wants to play it. It's really easy to play. Blah blah blah. It's not meta changing though. It's not going to warp the meta. It's not that good. It's it's really strong. Don't get me wrong, but like it's not going to devastate us. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I think about the orcs. And I think, uh, so that's something we have to bear in mind. We have to be thinking about T5 and the mini transhuman, right? But that's that's our immediate future or post-admic, you know, mid-August future, right? However, we also need to be thinking about the next two books after that, Thousand Suns and Grey Knights. We're going to enter the psychic meta, right? Um, presumably. Um the, the, the two the two biggest psychic books you know Eldari should be in there as well and you know Tyranids to a lesser extent but these are two factions dedicated to psychic power um, that's going to be a rough time for us however as we've talked about there's a lord of war that's, that's not bad against psychic powers doesn't you know it, it can it can absorb smites and when we were talking about it i think a way what i'm thinking about or what i'm thinking is when uh the knights books eventually drop presumably you know early next year is what i'm guessing they're going to do like a revamp of titanic the titanic keyword i think they're just saving it for that because what for whatever their business reasons is I imagine Titanic will get some kind of thing where if a model has the Titanic keyword, it may move over area terrain so long as it you know it ends clear of the base or clear of the, the terrain. They have to. They have to. The, as much as they are focusing on terrain, Titanic models, all the Lords of War, Knights, Great Brass Scorpions, Charybdis, if you've got that keyword, you need you need essentially pseudo fly for keyword specific things such as obstacle, area terrain, and you know whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm so with you there because like if my Kaitan has a stride that can walk over a crater, why is he inhibited by it? You know that's my problem. Yeah, they, you know the 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 visual scale of a battlefield is completely wrong. You, you know everything is warped in perspective buildings aren't really that tall and marines aren't really that small it's like it's, it's a weird um you know perception but titanic models and lords of war are going to struggle until they do that um because for reasons you've already talked about like the 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 sheer volume of strength eight two damage weapons right choose is chewing through whatever we need it to chew through um, right. Yeah. But yeah. if you're stuck at, in your backfield, it, it, like it's not always the best use because obscuring is a big deal against Titanic models. Yep. I mean, especially stationary ones like yeah. that. The the way the Lord of Skulls can sometimes end up being a bit stationary, you know, obscuring and like uh, obviously with like the if people start adopting the gw format of boards and stuff you know that like that's pretty dense um but you know it is still wide enough to drive a bane blade which means it's wide enough to drive a lord of skulls so yeah 
like realistically i mean i'm kind of of the opinion that if you rock up to a table and you only have like one lord of war but the way it's been set up is like you actually can't move it around i would probably go to the to and be like hey you know uh what's up with that because like yeah. that should never be a thing you shouldn't be penalized for bringing your cool model that you really like I, yeah. i'm like fair enough if i brought like three brass scorpions i should not be able to move those around the table easily yeah. but if i bring one and there's nowhere for him to go i'm kind of like this is a mistake on the to's part because like yeah. you should never set up a table that like a lord of war can't a single lord of war can't move around yeah i i honestly think it is like a big issue and obviously because like lords of war aren't that popular right now but like i mean i don't know if you saw like the tournament reports in the last weekend chaos knights were doing really really well uh like going up against as well uh, yeah knights in general um are not doing bad at the moment and people are going to see that and they're going to bring knights to the tournament and they're going to start asking questions of why can't you set up a board where i can move my knights around and that is a totally fair question to ask because you should not be kept out of a tournament for choosing a certain army. Uh, yeah. And like you should, ha- everyone should have the capacity to play their army, you know, on a board. Yeah, uh, there should be equity for every army. Like it's finding the middle ground, making sure there's at least one. Av- there's one path minimum from the long along the long edge of DZ to DZ where a knight could walk and get from end to end maybe skirt through some buildings it doesn't have to be a straight shot with uh, like a shooting gallery maybe throw some you know some kind of uh, line of sight blocking that the the knight can move over depending on how all those rules work but yes the a, a knight should be able to if it survives long enough move from one end of the table to the other and therefore be able to draw a bead on every location on the table if it moves far enough not not in an yep. easy way but similarly infantry models should be able to jump from building to building to avoid that line of sight and make the knight work for it like they do in the narrative for sure yeah i'm, I'm fully with you there i know uh if i do manage to get the coventry this year that uh they did address it in the rules back they said okay. they all the boards will accommodate you know lords lords of war and they did mention if you bring like four bane blades it might be a little bit more challenging yeah so i'm glad that they brought that up uh, and it's one of the reasons why i'm considering adding um uh, kaitan to my list okay but yeah i mean it's it's interesting and like the, i guess the reason why we're talking a lot about about the lords of war you know we've seen the faq has helped them out a lot and that's not necessarily why the counter meta is going to develop into one of lords of war being popular it's more that like so the the vanguard blobs for the admech are really good against infantry and monsters they're not as good against uh vehicles because i don't think you can use enriched rounds against them no it's in- infantry only or like infantry, exactly. infantry and monsters yeah yeah, yeah yeah so like yeah it doesn't work against them the strength of the weapons isn't particularly good at taking on toughness eight you know no, um I'm and not like sure it is, but yeah, it's five so like, sixes. So. They're not doing a crazy amount of damage. Uh, and the nature of the last chickens again is like one of those things where it's like, yeah, sure, you're you could be hitting wounding me, uh, but I'll put benediction of darkness on my kite that makes it a little bit tougher. So only half of your hits go through, and yeah, you might wound with all of them or whatever. But I have a five plus involve, so another thirty percent of those just fail at that point. And then yeah, sure, obviously I'll take some damage. It's the same principle with dark lances because. Dark Lances are only strength 8, right? So yeah. you're going to be automatically winning on 4s with those, which is like a massive difference. Like, we know that wound rolls 
and altering the wound rolls are like a really significant part of the game. So if you're altering the wound rolls by bringing toughness eight units instead of toughness seven, that's a big play. You know, it's a really big play. Uh, and I think Dark Elder are one of those armies that struggles to deal with those toughness eight uh, type models. And I just know that the firepower profiles on a lot of the units that we talked about are particularly good and potent at shooting Dark Elder, as well as shooting Admech for various reasons. And as I found out, apparently the combat ones are insane because now we can put a uh, Well Fury on them, which is so cool. <laughs> it makes so, yeah. a difference, yeah. And then obviously playing into what I anticipate to be an upcoming Orc meta, all the reasons that we've already said, you know, uh, strength eight on a lot of the weapons means that the snake bite sort of thing is going to be completely ignored. Yeah. The AP is like just the right amount to be ignoring all the armor saves for the orcs. I just think, like, not that they don't have an answer for Lords of War, but I think if you put one down in front of an orc player, they're going to go like, you know, that's going to be tough. The orc meta does damage our Volkite uh, strength. Like, our, our Volkite becomes. Or, or, or the, the good Volkite becomes a lot less effective, uh, or you know, like seventeen percent less effective against against orcs. But you know, we was already had it in our head. It was them. already super efficient though, so I don't think yeah. it's inefficient there. Yeah, and like, it's just mortal wounds are still going to mess up orcs. You know, yeah. well, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. You're still you're hoping for sixes, no matter what you're shooting at. You're hoping for sixes because right, zero yeah. AP is, you know, unless so I've actually. Is it, now that you said it, it's kind of come into my mind. I've actually been uh, building a certain character that is going to play uh, well into uh, Dark Elder, Admech, and Orcs. So it's like basically the premise is like a, a type of HQ character uh, that does a lot of mortal wounds on wound rolls of sixes. So I figured like the best way of doing this is probably with an Exalted Champion because he has the wound rerolls, so you can fish for those extra ones. You give him Gorefather and you give him the... No, the exalted champion can only re-roll failed wounds. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. But like, as in in general, like as oh, characters okay. that can re-roll. Right. Okay. But you give him the Gorefather for the three mortal wounds on the sixes, yep. and then you give him Flames of Spite, so you get an extra one again. Um, and I think Flames of Spite is six plus, so you might even be able to proc it on Death of the False Emperor. But yeah, basically, you're going into like a squad, and the Exalted Champion gets a good few attacks, right? You yeah, know, six, six, four plus two for charging. Yeah, and so you're going to Imperium, so you pop uh, yeah. uh, the Death of the False Emperor yep, on, on five, fives, which yep. becomes sixes. So you're getting your hits or whatever, uh, and like every time you roll a six, you're picking up four Vanguard, you're picking up four boys, you're picking up four Incubite. Let me give you my uh, one on that. Um, I, I, I'm running with a Jump Lord um, because it's still four attacks and it's uh, the um, Gorefather and I throw a Melter on there as well and um, Disciple of Corn because that is re-roll all hits and oh, okay. wounds. Against, I see it. I but see the it. thing yeah, is, yeah. it's only against characters and models with five wounds or more. So it's not teched for the, the blob, but the point is to get to the marshal, or, you know, the, the characters they rely on, the, the Daedalosis thing that is something else now. Techno-archaeologist yeah, or something. Is, yeah, to, yeah. is to jump over... Um, and and be able you know like to position use apoplectic frenzy get get all the movement you can to go in and just you know you combi melt of the marshal and then you charge 
another character or two characters because they're all going to be in places where they can quickly and easily buff their you know throw their orders on what they need to and you, mm-hmm. you spend a hundred and something points and you, you just massacre two or three characters and then and then you die yeah, but you don't care at yeah. that point. And it's like the same thing with me with the champion, you know, because I'm like, yeah, he pops out of a berserker squad that he was already buffing. Yeah. And then he just picks up like eight of these infantry models if you roll two sixes. And yeah. you're kind of like, huh, that was definitely worth it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because if you take like uh, any like kind of like an orc boy is like, is he nine or ten points now or something? You know, will yeah, Cost him at nine because I'm not fully sure, right? Uh, so if he picks up eight of those, that's like 72 points. So he's made his, his points yeah, back pretty much, you know? Yeah. It's not even the point, though, because, like, you've just taken a chunk out of a squad uh, from, like, this, like, weirdo guy who, like, no one would have expected, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, like, it's doubled up because, like, we don't really care about warlord traits, you know? It's just yeah, not such a big yeah, deal. There's nothing there. So you yeah, might as well throw flames of spite on someone with Gorefather because it's just the extra mortal wounds, yeah. you know? I'm kind of, as, like, a counter meta choice... I can see him playing into those three armies particularly nicely. The um the thing about the exalted champion, um, he rerolls hits against characters as well. So, I I I would, I, I wish we had disciple of corn against everything, because being able to reroll everything, if you're doing you know death of the false emperor on fives and mortal wounds on sixes to wound, if you can fish you can get an absurd amount of damage through like I, I've had it spike on me and it's just so I started off with five dice and I just wounded you nine times I'm not sure how that happened but it did you know it's um, but yeah I, I think and it, it's weird because Mark uh, in his list took a uh, Gorefather Assassin Lord um I think we're all starting to see we, we need a character that's going to use the lookout sir or, or whatever inherent defense is whether that's like the speed of, of, of apoplectic frenzy in a jump pack or a lookout sir protected by the drill and the berserkers to get in and trade and it's it's less about the points trade like in your you know killing eight orcs for 70 points or in me killing 70 points of uh, Admech command the fact is the the return is better than just the points trade yeah like it's it's not always about the points trade exactly, you know? it's, yeah. it's, it's sometimes it's disruption it's a huge yeah. issue you know yeah yeah and um I think I whilst we haven't really had like hero hammer or whatever this edition they are a weapon we have and yeah, like you say, our warlord traits and relics are okay, and but violent urgency is something we should just not be using competitively. I don't. At think. least not uh, not leaning on it anyway. For yeah, sure, not leaning know. on it. If you've got yeah. no other choice, it's the one to take. If you've got no choice, but I think we now have to consider the choice is making the nuclear missile. Is making the 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 one HQ that you're going to get into a position that he's going to run in and he is going to murderize what he touches and then he's going to die, but he's he's going to do enough to blunt their advance to to take out their you know cut off the head, and I think that is maybe where we need to look at. No, I'm, I'm totally with you there. I mean, like, I just think, as you said, like, making that assassin character, it's going to be huge, you know? I, 
you got to be smart to play him, though, because if you misplay him, he just dies too early because our characters are so fragile. Yeah. So, yeah, if you play him at the wrong time, he's not going to get that return that you're looking for. So, yeah, it's it's really all about in the, the sort of sensibility of knowing when to unleash him, which kind of... Oh, <laughs> okay. cats meow. Yeah, your cats meow. The dog I'm looking oh, after no, is, really. is going crazy, giving it to whoever's outside. But yeah, um, I think like it's a really interesting build that maybe we're not touching on just yet. But I think we have the tools, like I said, to take on some of those either infantry or characters. And like you said, it's all about that disruption. You know, you don't have to always make your points back. When you do, it's great. Um, but like, if you're taking out a, a HQ character that is providing enough buffs to more than make your points back, you know, like a Skatari yeah. Marshall, yeah. Techno Archaeologist, uh, Drizar, even. Yeah. Um, I know the orcs don't really have a lot of buffing characters going on. They're more like standalone, very yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you take out one of them, it's a big deal too. You take out the war boss before he calls the wag, and it's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> see ya. Um. We we veered a bit off topic for our Lord of War discussion. I just realised it's recently. coming. It, this is the counter matter. Yeah, it, yeah, know? no, yeah. Like so, it is. I I for, where that conversation started or that part of the conversation started was when you said about the meta is admic right, and they are not currently well equipped to deal with a lot of TA, which is which is true. They you know yeah the last chick last chickens but. At the moment, the lists are veering towards uh, the the blob, the the infantry carpet. Right, that's where they're going. Um, there was a uh, Astra Militarum list which did well, I think, at a GT last weekend, which was basically guardsmen. Like just, it, it's like how it was briefly in Eighth Edition. Um, around like when uh, Gene Steelers dropped, and it was like, oh, every- yeah. yeah, it was just yeah, like yeah. that that brief time because everyone had tech for knights, yeah, and then suddenly, oh, I will Carpet just hammer. drown you in in bodies now. Yeah, yeah, like uh, two hundred Graths or like yeah, two hundred yes. Hormigons or something. Yeah. There's always play to that, you know. There's always going to be play always, to that. Yeah. Um, it's just really interesting seeing how the meta kind of shifts and adapts around that, you know. So I guess. So a lot of what we're talking about today is like, you know, can you start bringing these Lords of War? Because it's a series of, you know, we've always said it, these really, really small changes. Yeah. Each change makes the next change that a little bit better. So it's like this like domino effect, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing with the Lords of War. It's a very, very subtle domino effect coming on. I think the the critical way to do it for us, for World Eaters, we look at right so if the meta is shifting towards ta if it is we could be completely fucking wrong here but i I think it does look like it or ta is currently very strong which we know it is you can go the full knight army right you could bring three knight crusaders or whatever the I, i know nothing about knight rampages desecrators whatever you could bring three of those and some little uh armages or you can go the infantry carpet or you can be world eaters and kind of do both which drills drills do both yep uh, i i know it, it's it's proof of concept at the moment but i because I, I know you were very busy this week the, the we've had a lot of chatter and a lot of theorizing about the land raider achilles which i know you you were skeptical of when i brought it up to you but yes. I, 
<laughs> I've got no, some no, people no. When, when you when you kind of like uh, the way you pitched it to me was very clever when you gave me all its stats and I was like yeah, yeah that's good and you're like it's the Land Raider Achilles and I was like ah Land Raider ah get it away <laughs> but these are uh, yeah, T8 no, models sure. right these yeah. are T8 yeah, yeah. models that have good offensive capability like it's the melter on the drill it's Volkite on the Achilles plus the line of sight ignoring and then they also have berserkers for guts now that that is like the icing on the cake because we're running world eaters we're taking berserkers now yes i think there is definitely a place for a corn lord of skulls and as we know from strong uh results at the aco mixing a corn lord of skulls with other t8 and then offensive infantry like warp talons berserkers it fucking works it does yeah, the job sure. so there is a place for that bunch of t4 and a bunch of t8 and then ignore the other numbers basically because <laughs> you're, it's either eight or it's a or it's half of eight and eight is the only number we care about right that's a fact man it's a fact yeah I, I think it's an interesting one um it's gonna require some scheming i'm gonna have to go back to the boards um Really think about this over heels the next gang. one. Hashtag heels gang, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, we'll be touching the comments, see what people are asking us or whatever, and, uh, yeah. and I think I think we pretty much covered it after yeah. that. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, there, it is like we've talked about. It's a, a huge... It's a huge topic, and uh, me and you, we, we start talking and we just go off in 30 different ways. So, um, all right, let's... Uh, I'm looking at the comments right here. So uh, a lot of stuff about the Lord of Skulls and the Brass Scorpion, which we kind of talked about. Um, talking about the points and, and the and the dollar cost or the euro cost of the Lord of Skulls and stuff. Um, oh, how much is the Lord of Skulls actually? Uh, called in here. Um, oh, the Brass Scorpion, I think, is 200 euros. Yeah, yeah. So the Lord of Skulls and the Kaitan are cheaper. It doesn't say the price. But I, I, I the, know they're cheap. The Kaitan is like not that much cheaper. I think it's like 100, 180 euro maybe. Yeah. I believe the Lord of Skulls is the cheapest. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's $160, I think, uh, US. Yeah, dollars, it's, so. pro it's probably like 120 euro, 100 euro, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, conversation about how the terrain would work or suck, basically. Uh, I have a question. Can you move and put models under the Scorpion? Uh, no, I don't think so. Actually, I think in the new Fortress rules, there's like a stipulation oh, about there its is? base. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think good, it's like cause... there's like a little text box under all those kind of models. The same with the blood slaughter, where it's like you basically draw an imaginary line uh, between the oh, points okay. of his legs, and that becomes his base. So you know, I just went ahead and made a base for my blood slaughters because what? I'm like, instead of having to argue about that every time. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to use an oval base yeah. and put my blood solder on that. And I know people do put their brass scorpions on bases. There's nothing wrong with that. You totally can, provided it's the right dimensions of the feet and yeah. not any bigger or smaller, you know? Yeah. Um, it just, and like, I don't think you can move guys under it because I, I'm fairly sure the way it counts now is like he has a, a base for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Okay. I, and, and that is the way you should. You should play it that because, uh, you know, with Forge World stuff and, and the Laws of War, if GW clarified that you could because it's a Titanic model, fine. But with that, before when they didn't clarify that sort of stuff, you should play to your disadvantage, I guess. 
and um, and and not deploy under there. It, it, that's my kind of response to that. Yeah, I would say if you do that, uh, I, first of all, I don't think it's allowed because of how the way they've worded that thing. Yeah, yeah um, now, but yeah. Second of all, if you do, you're running a little bit of a risk. Uh, I would say of like someone calling you out. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, is it really worth it? Even in the end, I mean, sure. I guess you can like technically <laughs> use it as a transport, and like if it's like fully obscuring or something, you'd have to model the brass scorpion specifically. Yeah. To make it work. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to even get into that. Um, so uh, sad, the Spartans not holding up. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame, uh, Dan. The Spartans such a cool just, tank. It is. Uh, you know, we'll see. See what Horus Heresy uh, update brings us. Um, yeah. Then Freight is talking about how Mechanicum. Yeah, Admech and Drakari are definitely still going to be in play for, for oh, the yeah, next for several sure. months. It's, Absolutely. We're just going to. The Admech are, are going to come down like the Drakari have come down a little bit. And every time a new codex drops, like, it's it, the playing field's going to even more and more. It's just we're. we're Drakari is still up here. Admech are up here. And, you know, our other co ninth codexes are down here. So we're at the top of the Admech wave. Orcs are going to bring it down a bit. Maybe not supersede it, but they'll they'll temper it. And then our Grey Knights and Thousand Suns, I think, as long as they're not just completely shafted, will be very strong counters to Admech because Mortal Wounds, I'm imagining, are going to be being thrown out left, right, and center by these armies. Going to devastate, they devastate are, the Admech. Yeah, Admech currently don't care about the psychic phase because no one really fucks in the psychic phase we've got two armies that are about to that are probably going to have some kind of psychic power roll a d6 for every model in a unit on a four plus it suffers a mortal wound are you going to be bringing all those blobs of 20 skitari yeah, right. then no you're not because then they're going to be coming in with their you know special bolt guns that give like minus 12 ap and shit so Yep, I think it's uh, it's going to be real funny to see a lot of <laughs> of Admech drop. But I guess like specifically, we're not so much talking here about like what the meta is going to develop develop into. It's more the counter meta. Yes. You know the, yeah. the armies that will play well. Like you as a world leader player, what are you bringing to beat like the Admech, the Drakari, and the Orcs? Yeah. That's more like what we covered today. We're not saying like knights are going to overtake the meta now. It's more that yeah. they play better into these harder matchups. Yeah. Somewhat. I think I think the the knight books when they do drop will be very big because we know like me and you have talked about it and shoot some ideas back and forth and stuff but knights need the biggest fix out of every faction tau just need you know they, they need to be you know made so they can uh, fly and still shoot or something like that it, it's a couple lines of text and they can keep their old book and they'll be broken as fuck they always will be knights cannot play the game against everybody okay they're doing well at the moment because of the because they're counter meta but they're counter meta they're not meta they cannot play the game like uh mark just beat three knight players at the lso so they're not a strong army they're not broken they're just good against meta choices yeah like knights play really well into admech but uh if you're a world leader player and you come up against knights you're rubbing your hands because that is a yeah, good matchup a, for you yeah it's it's yeah it's it's fun like that's yeah. i get to do everything i get oh, to yeah. do a lot of charges and do have a lot of fun but 
the point is when when that book drops they're going to have to so drastically change them where like a one one idea was um uh for purposes of holding objectives you know knights have you know like extend their their range to an objective by six inches or so, something something so they don't have to be locked on these positions and can so be i'm gonna mobile. i'm gonna go out and uh, say something very potentially controversial about Ooh, okay I, like um, I i think knights need a new unit and yeah. i think that new new unit needs to be uh some form of troll or uh sort yeah. of surf yeah so make it a troll for chaos make it a surf for uh loyalists so yeah. basically um you know how the uh, Admech have the Titan Guards? I can't remember yeah. what they're called. Um, but they I, I oh, hoplites. Hoplites, oh, that's okay, it. Right, right. Yeah, right. So we need an equivalent for knights. Uh, yeah. And that's all you have to do. Give them an infantry troop uh, support unit. And first of all, that would look so cool on the board. Um, and second of all, it makes them a lot better. And yeah. you don't have to have this like weird thing where like knights counter stem models, which still should potentially be a good fix. Did but you... I just think... Sorry, go on. Did you ever play Warhammer Fantasy? Or, yes, to or Total War yeah. Warhammer? Bretonians. Very powerful elite knights, and then utter trash peasants and yeomen. That's what they should get. They should get the absolute dregs of society as like a like a cultist militia, but you know, like honourable or whatever. And the thing is, it, it exists in the lore. Uh, yeah. I know in some some of the books I've read, the night planets, like the household planets, you know, they have these serfs, they have these like yep. thralls and stuff. Just make it happen, you know. Um, and I think that's a good fix as to whether or not we'll see it. I don't know. Who knows? But look, yeah. that that is a whole other discussion yeah. for another day. Um, like, there's so many ways knights could be fixed, but not just yet, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think they're going to be a big meta shaker when they do drop. But yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, Freitas says, uh, yeah, Dark Elder and Admech, we're going to struggle versus Thousand Sons of Grey Knights. We absolutely are going to. Yeah. But I think with black templars being the book after that or supplement after that um we will see what we can expect i think black templars is going to be the biggest book we can expect to to mirror vaguely yeah. close to yeah there's going to be a lot in the black templar codex that's going to make me be like huh yeah that's hopefully going to be a world leaders thing yeah i i i we're not going to be mirror image but you know ultramarines and black legion you know they're like the dark mirrors of each other black templars is going to be our dark mirror right um, for sure so then uh good to do what we got uh, master of executions walk talons are good as missile hill gang uh you should have got krieg in on this debate i know uh, <laughs> i actually he would have had a had a thing or two to say about the mastodon I'm sure. yeah someone asked about mastodon but it uh, disappeared up there uh 125 euros for the corner of the skulls Knights should all be objective secured and count as 10 models. Yes, I 100% agree they should. Um, and then give them something small and cheap. Yep, again, agreed. And Gargants in AOS are a good example. Okay, so there's precedent. Um, right. But yep. yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's all our comments. Is there any kind of closing thoughts you've got, Dara? I think um, we're facing into a very interesting uh sort of quarter for 40k competitively speaking yeah. um hopefully there's going to be sort of like an admec faq as the orcs kind of start to hit the scene and we're going to get a lot of weird stuff happening <laughs> in the competitive yeah. scene you know so yeah i think that's my biggest takeaway is like it's going to be a fairly turbulent couple of months here yeah. um 
it's going to be really really hard to necessarily predict what's going to happen i think we've done our best to try and predict um we're gonna have to start going back to our drawing boards again yes. and rethinking yeah, very soon, um, yeah. big big time like real soon we're gonna have to maybe we should already start planning you yeah. know um because i'm starting to plan now yeah so yeah i think a lot of stuff we're going to need to think about um it's a really interesting time again it's cool that it's freshening up because you know i hate when it gets stagnant um yeah. so yeah like that's that's kind of my thoughts on the whole matter yeah if you have anything else to close out with uh not really i think we covered it all i just think like what you said about the quarters there we had our space marine quarter then we had our you know death guard necrons uh quarter then we had our admex sisters and uh, Drakari quarter Orcs feels like it's the start of the next quarter because they're a fun psychic army they're not a super powerful psychic army but they do hilarious things in the psychic phase then we're going to get two psychic books then we're going to get an anti-psychic supplement or codex then it's going to be interesting what, what drops at Christmas time I think the, the way that the meta adjusts over I know. Pray man. for pray for Christmas chaos. Pray for it. Pray for the red snow, right? Pray um, for it. But yeah, I think I think we're gonna the, the rest of this year is gonna be very interesting. Um we because we just don't know. After Black Templars is absolutely anyone's guess. And th damn. there's a book we know we want. And we we, we deserve a damn chaos. I really I really also want the Codex Tower. I mean yeah, Space Marines, right? <laughs> Um, I, yeah, everyone in the chat is telling you to get out. <laughs> get out. Whatever. <laughs> All right, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Thanks, everyone. We, we covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah, um, thanks for, for coming and hanging out with us, as always. It was uh, good fun. Good good to talk about some interesting units that I haven't seen play for a while. Yeah. You know, fun times there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, thanks, everyone, and uh, we will catch you later. So until next time, I've just got to make sure I get my right button here so I don't look like an idiot. Uh, stay healthy, stay safe, and kill main burn. <laughs>